Hi, I'm Jenna Thompson, and you're listening to Overdosed, a Nebraska news service podcast. Fair warning, this episode discusses sexual assault and other content that may be disturbing to some. Take care when listening. The odds were already stacked against 51-year-old Lincoln native Jennifer Bender before she ever tried meth. Both her parents struggled with drug addiction. She struggles with mental health issues, and she was the victim of sexual abuse that began at age four and continued for many years. As a little girl, Bender said she was in tremendous emotional pain. She found it hard to cope. But one thing she said helped her feel a little better. The little blue pill she found in her grandparents' medicine cabinet helped ease her pain. Those pills, she would later find out, were Valium. Bender's first overdose occurred at 13, when she took a few too many of those pills and combined them with alcohol. Her family thought she had a heat stroke, she said and she wouldn't realize until many years later just how close she had come to death. Bender experimented with drugs into her later teen years, but she wouldn't become hooked on methamphetamines until her 20s. It was then that she found herself in and out of jail. Bender was clean for the pregnancies of her daughter and two sons, but her sobriety didn't stick. After Bender's best friend died of a heart attack, she slipped deeper into her habits and continued to use heavily. At 30, she was forced to relinquish the rights to her children. Without her children and in the depths of her addiction, Bender said she felt like she'd hit rock bottom. I met up with Bender to discuss her former addiction and her experiences while she was using. And what happened then, Jenna, is I went on to a point of absolute loathing of myself. I really hated who I had become. At the same time, I did not know how to cope with Mm -hmm. that. Um, And so I just really, there was no amount of drug that could take away the pain that I found myself in, but it didn't stop me from trying to numb it. While she was using drugs, Bender had several encounters with healthcare professionals that she said felt demoralizing. She became afraid to go to the doctor for anything because of the way she would be treated once the medical staff realized she was addicted to meth. Yeah. The minute that they hear that that person has used methamphetamine, it's just downright rude and cruel. I mean, the judgment, it's so apparent that there's so much judgment without even trying to understand what, and they just want to know what's wrong, what's wrong with you is the attitude instead of what's happened to you and how can we help you? How can we help you get the resources to cope with the things that you've been through? Compassion goes a long way. Bender said that once she was arrested and charged with possession and intent to deliver, a class three felony. When she was questioned by law enforcement, she refused to tell them where she bought her drugs. And in response, law enforcement upped her charges to a class one felony, which is the maximum possible charge. 
Bender said she would repeatedly tell law enforcement, I'm not a criminal, I'm an addict. There is hope in Bender's story though. After a few bouts of field treatment, one finally stuck. After 33 years of substance use, Bender went into long-term treatment at Centerpoint in Lincoln. This program worked, Bender said, because it addressed her childhood trauma and mental health issues as the root causes of her substance use struggles. And for the first time in her life, Bender said she felt validated. Um, I shared my life story, and the next day a counselor walked up to me and said, I would like to just say on behalf of all the staff here, Jennifer, that if any of us went through the things you went through, we would probably have become addicted mm -hmm. and ended up right where you are. So mm -hmm. it was a validation thing for the first time. And all the times I went to treatment, I was validated. Mm -hmm. um, and my trauma was validated. And for me, this was a turning point. Today, Bender continues in recovery and works as a peer support specialist for Touchstone, a short-term treatment facility in Lincoln. She never had to serve time because of her felony, and she has a renewed relationship with her children. She's newly married, and she just bought a house in Eagle with enough land for her grandchildren to run around and play. She goes to F Street Church, which houses the Celebrate Recovery Support Group. Bender said her life goal is to ensure that those struggling with substance abuse disorder have a much easier time finding help successfully than she did. She dreams of a day when addiction is treated as a disease, not a criminal act. Kayla Allmendinger, Program Director at Omaha Addiction Treatment Center Valley Hope, has similar goals to Bender's. She too feels like few truly understand the reasons behind substance addiction. Almondinger grew up in Fremont and she was first introduced to party drugs by her peer group. But when they began using harder drugs like methamphetamine in high school, Almondinger said most of them were able to stop, but she couldn't. Almondinger fell hard into her addiction and her appearance soon began to give away her habits. Methamphetamine is notorious for ruining users' teeth, hair, and skin, and soon her addiction was apparent to everyone around her. She refused to go to the doctor because of how embarrassed she felt, Almendinger said, and she noticed that other people around her began to treat her differently. Staff would often follow her around stores to make sure she wasn't shoplifting. But what the general public often doesn't understand, Almendinger said, is how closely linked drug use is with trauma and genetics. When these factors are combined, it makes for a deadly mix. Almendinger says she believes the reason people tend to look down on people who are using drugs is they still falsely believe that addiction is a choice. Substance use causes people to do things that they're not proud of. Um and it hurts people around them and back to the idea of you're just making a bad choice it's not a moral shortcoming to be an addict right it's it's a disease right uh, but the disease does cause behaviors that make people not trust you mm -hmm. on the call with almondinger and me was lauren friedlander therapist with valley hope and a master's level social worker 
Friedlander is trained to treat the root cause of addiction, which involves confronting the reality that some people are wired to be unable to consume drugs and alcohol in moderation, whether or not they're substance users. Here's Friedlander. I believe that people can have this predisposition to have more, um, more be more predisposed to extremes, if that makes sense. And people, a lot of times, are kind of in all or nothing. And um, um, individuals have experienced things in the past that are tough and maybe have gone unprocessed that haven't, honestly, for lack of better terms, haven't been dealt with. Individuals, you know, try to medicate or try to numb um, whatever term you want to use to deal with those things. You'd be hard-pressed to find a major healthcare organization that doesn't agree that there's a correlation between trauma and substance abuse. But estimated percentages of users who've experienced trauma range from 25% to 75%, according to a study by the National Child Traumatic Stress Network. It should also be noted that the definition of trauma varies from person to person. Mental health disorders also have a strong correlation, with the National Institute on Drug Abuse reporting that people with diagnosable mental health conditions are twice as likely to develop substance use disorder. Harvard University published a study in a 2018 edition of its medical journal revealing that certain genes or even infectious viruses are linked to an increased likelihood in substance use. Needless to say, science recognizes that substance use is a multifaceted issue, regardless of whether or not society does. Like Bender, Almendinger began to find her success in recovery when she dealt with underlying issues surrounding her substance use, including her genetic predisposition. Now, She's been running a program since 2020 that has helped dozens of Omahans become successful, functioning members of society post-addiction. And while both have incredible success stories, there seemed to be a resoundingly similar criticism of the way the U.S. has dealt with the drug crisis. Shoving sick people into prisons helps no one, both women said. Both Almendinger and Bender addressed how poorly substance users are often treated, even by strangers. And they said how we care for them makes all the difference in their decision to seek help. Bender recalled the moment she knew she wanted to attend F Street Church. The pastor's wife was sitting in the pews. Under one arm was a woman who had been using drugs, and under another was a man who had been drinking. It was then that Bender, still struggling with substance use, felt like she was home. You know, I never got to grow a tomato plant. Last year I attempted it, and I, you know what I realized, Jenna? Mm -hmm. Before a fruit is a fruit, it's a bloom. Mm -hmm. And in order to produce fruit, we have to bloom. Yeah. So every day I just pray that I would bloom again and produce fruits mm -hmm. of healing, of joy, of hope, mm -hmm. of 
compassion, of love. Um, yeah, fruits of the spirit.